0: it in. Buckle up. Get some of this. The State of Combat with Brian Campbell returns on CBS Sports with another boxing podcast hitting you up from all angles with news analysis. Hey, we got jokes, too. We also have interviews with the biggest names in the sport. The Brian Campbell, without question, the voice that you hear fired up to bring you another gift wrapped up in a box. It's Box Respect Box. A lot of box going on here. Fired up. we got another great show for you today. And, of course, it's backed and underwritten by the one and only unmistakable, untraceable performance-enhancing audio. Hey, if you like this show, you're a big fan of this show, why don't you pay it forward and head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume fine audio, of course. If you see something, say something. Hit us up with that five-star review. Hey, go six stars if you wanna. I mean, give me mean, go for it. Sometimes you just gotta go for it. You gotta shoot for the stars, as they say. Hey, let me bring in my co-host, the one and only, the world renowned, international renowned, I guess that's the whole world, writer, editor, author. Hey, he's a Filipino T V icon if you play that game as well. He's basketball expert, the lover of box, Rafael Boogs, Wraith Bartholomew.
1: We're cruising
0: together.
1: Cruising was made for bars. Load watch was made for bars. I love it when we blow them together.
0: God, wow. Really? Already? Already we're going downhill? This is great. Brian, Brian, look,
1: we gotta talk. This is, this is in my, this is above the fold A1 news this week. This, I think, this is the week when they write the history, Brian. This is the week they're going to point to when Load Watch became a real national normalized phenomenon, and it wasn't just due to the yeoman's work we're doing on our podcast and that our podcast listeners are doing on social media. It's really thanks to the one man, Mister Load Management, LeBron James, (laughs) the King, who sat out who sat out an NBA game. And all of a sudden, the word load management, the term load management just blew up all over the place.
0: Shout out to all of our listeners, by the way. We love these guys. We love these weird degenerates who support the movement, who get out in front of hashtag loadwatch 2019. Yes, in front. They play with the bag. They have, you know, they've got, they, they do what they need to do.
2: You have a little bit of fun with the
3: bag. You play
0: with it. What they did was just flood our mentions, they flooded our DMs and just said, I got screen grabs. It was all about load management this week for LeBron, like you mentioned. I, I I, have to pat ourselves on the back in a weird way, you know? We picked up, we were ahead of the game. We picked up on something. You know, like early in those fights when Roy's, when one guy's dominating, but Roy's like, you gotta be careful, that guy's gonna get knocked out. And you're like, "What? The, what is Roy seeing right here? We not only saw something, Rafe, we felt it.
1: You know, I am actually working, Brian, on some academic research. I have an institute, a platform, actually, I like to think of it as. Me and Eddie Hearn, we have a platform. It's an institute and a platform. And it's about studying the use of load in sports commentary. And this is purely anecdotal right now, but, man, it does seem like – People are just dropping the load terms like crazy. what is that? loads wads they're all, it it used to be a once in a once a year occurrence now we get it every week. I don't know what's if is it is this what the process of what the the political people call normalizing means is are we watching it in action
0: with load watch? They're just jacking it from everywhere yeah. I, I think wow. It's, wow, skip I think it's at least worth debating and if it wasn't just l b j stepping in this week. In the boxing side where this began, we had yet another epic contributor to this movement. Anyone that caught that ESPN plus card over the weekend and caught our good friend Tim Bradley Jr., I don't think anyone had to get into his ear and say, Look, Grisham's doing it, Mora's doing it, Campbell's doing it into zone. You gotta get in and do it. Slater is doing it. Slater. Many Many Slater. Many guys are doing it. Many guys.
3: Many guys many guys
0: bradley i think just telepathically picked up on it
2: watch the film after the fourth round it almost looked like he blew his whole load he didn't have no he had no no legs he had no power two amazing
1: things about that load watch example brian first I think it may be li- – listeners, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was the first time we've gotten a load watch directed straight into the camera. Tim Bradley was doing a stand-up and looking into the camera says he may have shot his whole load. And, of course, <laughs> the, the modifier, the whole load, this, there, he left nothing left nothing left over for later. And it kind of reminds me of the classic, the classic line from James Kirkland's corner, and and Wolf is saying, "Take his soul," and the and the the cut man or the second, he's like, "Yeah, take his whole soul,
0: take his whole wad away." (laughs) I mean, this is getting out of control.
2: He
3: he may have shot his wads.
0: I mean, at this point, the first one to look right in the camera, in the face, and do it, look that that's record breaking. Where does it go from here though? I mean, it probably goes really gross from here, right? I mean, if we're going to be really honest, it probably goes in really bad places, but it's where, how does this movement end? How do we take this to the next level?
1: Well, you look, Brian, I don't think there's anything. I think it, I think it just becomes part of the lexicon. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, you don't want to do it yourself because it's not a good thing to happen in a fight or in any athletic competition or. Any other sort of, uh, bedroom competition, but still, but still, it's an okay, it's a nice term, it's a good phrase, we can use it, we can work with this. I think it's, it, it, it's the, the beautiful mosaic, the tapestry of the English language. Let's use it all, Brian. It Let's is- open the gates.
0: Wow, let's 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 touch it all. Do you historically give Floyd the credit at Mayweather-McGregor or Sal Pal indirectly for making him go back to the well multiple times?
2: Let him shoot his load, and then down the stretch, do what we do best. When did you think that the fight was starting to turn when he had shot his load and you could come out? When he started shooting his load? Oh
0: All right, we forget it. Don't answer that. Let's just let's finally get out of here. Hey, we got a packed and loaded show for you today. You want a guest? We got him. Unbeaten. Junior Lightweight Champion, Gervonta Tank Davis, one of the hottest rising stars in the sport, who returns Saturday on Showtime. Not against Abner Morris like we thought coming in. More on this to come. He'll face late replacement Hugo Ruiz in a triple header. We'll talk to Gervonta about all that, about his inactivity, about everything going on with him. Of course, we're going to look back at the weekend that was. Of course, we're going to play Do You Care weekend preview style with the one and only... Raphael Bugs, and we're gonna have all of that, and more, right after this. All right, Rafe, it is time to get into it. The meat, let's slide in. Let's do it. Weekend recap. We talked about it. Sergey Kovalev coming back. Rematch, Elider Alvarez, ESPN+. Plus. And it was Kovalev's career from an elite standpoint on the line in a crossroads opportunity. Man, when we tried to handicap this fight, create a lot of scenarios of how it might go. Questioning Kov's heart will under new trainer Buddy McGirt. I didn't see this ending, a clinical, near-shutout performance on the cards, widely defeating Elider Alvarez by decision and really flipping that narrative on his head that at, what, 35, 36, he's not done. He's still a player at 175.
1: Well, that's true. We We do have to mention that probably before he gets his next fight in, he will have a court date and he has a serious serious allegations criminal allegations of assault against him so if he we don't know what's going to happen that process going to play out obviously could affect how he fits into the mix at 175 from here on out but yeah he looked very good he fought a really smart fight he did improve he gets a lot of credit for the way that he changed his game plan the way that he basically just decided to box from the outside didn't Step on the gas too much, did not, especially with his known pro, stamina problems heading, fading late in fights. And credit to Kovalev and to Buddy McGirt for, for figuring this out and coming in and getting what now is one of, gonna be one of the biggest wins in his career, right? Because people thought he was done. Even though the gamblers, the line on this was almost 50-50. It was almost an even line. I think Are you about Alvarez was a mild thing
0: you're talking regular gamblers or hedge bettors <laughs> like Dwyer?
1: Well, uh, the hedge bettors are going to figure out a way to, to, to bet. Actually, I remember Dwyer did put out a pre, pre-fight pre video and said, don't bet this. It's too hard. If I answer Just... Dwyer,
3: the week of the fight.
0: Yeah, well, you know. Hey, speaking of Dwyer, and you mentioned, by the way, not to be buffoonish to cut you off here, but you did mention we can't avoid Kovalev's problems and his background. That great win, great story. We're going to hype it up right now, but he is – allegedly punched a woman in the face in Big Bear last year and will have to face a serious court date. Your boy Dwyer jumped in on that.
3: Right, let's hope the allegations are false. If the allegations are true, then quite frankly, Kovalev should have his boxing license revoked. Wow, wow. Right. Quite frankly, if the allegations are true, Kovalev doesn't belong on my boxing channel. He belongs on my crime channel here on YouTube.
1: Oh, Dwyer, he went there. That would be that would be historic in its own. It would be as unfortunate as Dwyer mentions, but would be a, a first probably in the history of Dwyer's boxing channel and Dwyer crime. And I think it would be interesting to see if Kovalev could also make it onto DwyerVIP.com, a service that I have. Brian, ah, is that um, where the
0: stick picks show up? What's going? What is DwyerVIP.com? Do
1: not ask
0: me what is ah. in DwyerVIP. <laughs> 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 Sorry, still recovering from Dev.
3: Hi, my boxing fans. Hi. Uh, thank you for your support.
0: Oh, seriously, look, Kovalev's. Seems like a dirty dude outside the ring. There's been a lot of stuff going on. But we're talking about inside at the moment. I'm going to give him a lot of credit for embracing Buddy McGirt's sort of uh, fountain of youth powers. We've seen him do it to Arturo Gotti in the past. Take a guy who looked broken, get him back to boxing, kind of fix him. This seemed like the first time Sergey Kovalev got out of his own way in terms of being stubborn, in terms of being maybe a control freak, maybe being, you know, I don't know what his issue was with the past trainers. It seemed like he preferred to train himself almost, and now he bought into Buddy McGirt's plan. Don't go out there and try to be the slugger. Take advantage of your length and your skills and be the boxer. Just touch him. Just touch him. Keep him at length. Touch him. Touch the man. Just touch him. Just a little. Just a little bit. Just 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 reach out and just you know just just grab him and 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 tickle him and, and, and touch it.
3: He pumps it more than once.
0: Okay, so maybe, not, maybe not touch it that much here, but hey, uh, but he came out there and just fought smart. Now we can't go all on Kovalev rules here without mentioning that Elider Alvarez off the biggest win of his career, signing a giant deal with Top Rank. Great news for Alvarez. He's got great hair. He laid a big fat turd in the ring on Saturday night, Rafe. You talk about bad strategies, no plan B, no plan anything from the lip to the cup. And I know you don't understand this. He had zero strategy. Can you defend anything Eladir Alvarez did? Because it seemed like his only plan was wait for Kovalev to shoot his wad and fade and, and then come in there and knock him out.
1: That appeared to be the only plan. Just land a right hand that will end the fight. That will put Kovalev on Q Street, so to speak, and knock him out after that. That's not a good plan. It didn't work. And, and Andre Ward, who we, a lot of fans, myself included, sort of rolled our eyes at the idea of him calling this fight when it, when it was announced that, oh my God, they're going to let Ward call a Kovalev fight. Ward, who has basically dismissed every former and potential opponent he, anywhere within eight weight classes of him whenever he calls a fight. They're going to let him do this. But then Ward came in and did. Probably the best job. He was the guy calling the action in the ring, not sticking to the narrative of Kovalev is this damaged fighter. He's going to tire. He's going to get knocked out. He's going, his heart, his, all of his weaknesses are going to finally show the bully is beaten. He's the one who just called the fight as he saw it and said, look, Kovalev is fighting a smart fight. He's winning and, and, Alvarez is not doing any of the things that he would need to do to expose the weaknesses in Kovalev's game. He's not getting inside. He's not working the body. He is basically standing at distance and letting Kovalev outbox him in, a, in, in the best way Kovalev knows how. Ward was saying, Kovalev doesn't really know how to defend against a body attack. He doesn't fight well inside. He can't throw great body punches inside. So... Why wasn't Alvarez making an effort, especially later in the fight when, when, when Kovalev still showed some, some fatigue late in that fight. He did not exactly look like he was cruising, but Alvarez never did the things to, to push him over the edge, to break him down, to give himself a chance to, to win the fight. So, and I saw, I, I, I can't read French. The translation that I saw on Twitter, and this is unfortunate for Alvarez, the guarantee was taken off of that big Top Rank deal. He, he, they still have an option. He'll fight with Top Rank and ESPN again, probably.
0: So he, lose, but, because he lost the fight, he loses the big, the the big, the bright, the top side of that deal. The, the, the seven guaranteed fights is no longer on the table. Now wow. you're fight by fight. You want to know why Bob Arum is so smart? We don't believe in. I miss. I mean, come on, Bob. Come on. That, that's fantastic right there. Uh, Alvarez just laid an egg. He never stepped on the gas, never threw more than one punch at a time. He did rock Kovalev in those mid to late rounds a couple times, and you gotta give Sergey credit for having a great chin there. He stood in there, he took a couple right hands, he didn't buckle, and then it was like, if you're Alvarez, you had nothing else, but it just, mentally, it seemed weird, Rafe. Even with a bad game plan, it seemed weird that he couldn't step on the gas late. Cause you couldn't have been I, that fatigued cause he wasn't doing anything. It just seemed weird. So I'm not, I'm not, believe me, I'm not even remotely going on the, on the fix side of it. I'm just saying it was just a mentally a horrific night for Alvarez cause it just didn't make any sense. Maybe he was a little more fearful of Kovalev's power than we realized and that's why he only threw one punch at a time. I'm not sure. I mean, you do remember what Dwyer said.
3: The man with the bigger bullets is gonna be Kovalev.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm sure Kovalev's naturally heavy hands, even though you could see he wasn't putting his full leverage into every punch. He was, he was mixing it up in a way that seemed smart and seemed a little bit different than we've seen from Kovalev in the past. He was willing to, to throw some throwaway punches or just some controlled jabs, but his naturally heavy hands were still there. And, Yes, I'm sure that has a deterrent factor, especially when he just – I mean, Kovalev still has a great jab. He can win fights with that jab or control them, and that's exactly what he did. He kept Alvarez at distance and basically didn't give Alvarez chances to get off, at least in enough ways to win the fight. Also, Brian, this is the lighter Alvarez we generally know from watching his fights over the years. That's the thing. I wasn't that surprised – Because think of all, think of the fights with Isaac Chalemba and some of, and, and some of these other like decent light heavyweights we've seen on HBO undercards over the years. He always looks like he's, 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 he's a responsible boxer. He doesn't get hit too, too clean too often. He doesn't let his hands go. He's frustrating to watch. This was exactly, he is who we thought he was, right? right? It's just that he had that one great moment. In a huge fight against Kovalev, how many times, who, if, according to Kovalev and Tim Bradley, had shot his whole
0: wide. He had overtrained, maybe. I mean, how many times, though, have we done that? We see one specific performance from a fighter that doesn't represent who they actually are, whether it's the power, whether it's the aggressiveness, and we sort of take a snapshot and go, well, that's who that guy is now. And then when he's not that guy, the next fight, we get... I mean, as Dwyer once said, you got to look at the entire man.
3: As boxing fans, let's look at the entire
0: man. Which, when when he says that, I mean, w- one thing we do know is...
3: I've looked at a lot of guys. Where is
0: he, like, how how much of the man should I be, like, like... Every,
1: all of it, Brian.
3: I want to bring it Dwyer. you. have got to see all of it.
0: You're right. Some people are split on this whole Dwyer dilemma we have. It's a drug. We can't quit it. In some cases, it's wrecking our lives. I've seen people like the great Eric Raskin of the Showtime Boxing Podcast with Karen Mulvaney, a great listen, by the way. Rasky said, why don't you do three And out with Dwyer. Give him, give him three bullets per show. You can't contain somebody like Dwyer with three bullets. But I don't (laughs) want him to take over the show, but at the same time, he adds Look, I'm not going to make fun of somebody mispronouncing names because we do Weekend Preview Do You Care every week on the show, and I butcher all these Filipino names, all these every names uh, uh, versus uh, some Thailand guy. I have no idea what I'm talking about. But Dwyer accidentally gives us gems like Alexander Gross and he gave us another one this weekend. I don't feel like the way, the, Dwyer's such an amazing mispronunciator of names because you can't pick up ahead of time on his patterns. You can't guess how Dwyer's gonna butcher a name. He surprises you.
3: Sergei Kovalev.
0: Sergei Kovalev? <laughs> what? He's, look Brian,
1: Dwyer, the true great ones are unorthodox. They do things different. They surprise you with Pronunciations, Brian. That is what true greatness is. You can't predict. It's randomness. It's improvisation. He can be sudden. He will collapse the pocket. He has a back foot game, Brian.
0: That, I mean, that's not a pronunciation that happens in the Campbell Hostel. I'll tell you that much. But, uh, all right, let look. me, let me add, Brian, yeah, yeah, I have some, a great,
2: let me, let a, me, let me, let me jump right. in for a second. Come on, let right. me, let me put some water on your ball.
1: There is a great, Dwyer and Kovalev story. And I got permission to tell this. I, I, I heard this a few months ago from the folks at Main Events. Uh, Nicole Duva, who works there, daughter of uh, the, the the boss, Kathy Duva. Nicole was telling me that before Kovalev won his first title against Nathan Cleverly in 2013, they're off in Wales the weekend of the fight, and they're looking at the odds and they're reading all of the articles, and everyone's predicting Cleverly to win, and they were sitting there thinking. Holy crap! Like, why does everyone think our guy is going to lose? We, we feel great going into this fight. We think we we think we are the best right now. <laughs> and so they're sitting in a hotel cafe or bar in Wales, and they pull up YouTube and like, let's see what somebody's got to be picking Kovalev here. And they found Dwyer, and Dwyer called it. Dwyer Dwyer knew, man, he knew that Kovalev was going to be cleverly so. It, Dwyer's reach is vast, man. He even touches the people at the top of the game, the real promoters who, who are out here doing this thing in boxing. Wow. wow. It's Dwyer.
0: Wow, Dwyer. All right, all right. Now I know all the anti-Dwyer fans are like you've given him too much time, and the only thing I can say is don't be a blank. Anyway, um, you mentioned main events. Shout out to them. Look, that's a promotion that works so hard. Kovalev has meant so much to them. This was a big win for for that promotion, especially within all the PR work they've had to do to, uh, you know, not defend, but, but respond to the allegations against Kovalev to see them get this victory and to see it in almost a feel-spot manner. And what I mean by that is main events was the promoter of Arturo Gotti. So now to see Kovalev pick up Gotti's old trainer, pick up Gotti's old strength and conditioning guy and then come out to Gotti's music. Kathy Duvis after the fight, once she heard that, she knew it was going to happen.
1: Well, you knew that it was it was Alvarez who came out to got his music, and well, that's I'm sorry, when, I, fl- I
0: flipped that backwards.
1: Right, that's when Kathy realized that oh, this guy's getting it now. This this doesn't happen on a main event show.
0: Not in our house. Not in our house. A uh, big win for them. As you look forward, I think for Alvarez, he goes back unfortunately to obscurity. He's got to really prove himself again in this tough division. But for Kovalev now it's not you should finish it's nothing like that it's who else in this division of killers and big punchers can you potentially disarm and expose if you are going to be a little bit more of a safety first boxer who when there's an opening can finish a guy cuz you got bigger bullets than them
1: yeah it's 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 interesting it's going to be a lot of interesting matchups he's face going to be facing fighters who are generally younger and fresher than him who haven't shown the same Tendency to fade late in fights and guys who are dangerous through all 12 rounds. I mean, you we've you, seen Alexander Rosdick get huge knockouts late in fights. But it's interesting because Kovalev, we don't know – not all those guys' chins are tested in the way that that Alvarez's was. I mean, we – one thing about – you will say about Elider Alvarez, he is a sturdy, sturdy man because – I don't think that it was just Kovalev taking a little bit of mustard off of those punches. I think it is also that Alvarez can stand up to a real, real stiff punch. And we don't know that we could say the same thing about Vozdyk, about Dmitry Bivol, about Beterbiev, who we've seen just get not, who went down in his last fight. And, and Vozdyk has been hurt a few times. So it's going to be interesting. To see how Kovalev looks against those guys. You do, I I would favor probably all of them over him at this point in his career, but I also think that he could catch them and change the fight real fast, especially if it happens early.
0: I'm with you on that completely. When you talk about TV wise, promoter wise, what is the next big fight for Kovalev? Because did they sign with top rank or are they sort of being loaned?
1: It's unclear. You normally, top rank will, will would want an option on the next fight, right? If we're going to let your guy come in, especially in a 50-50 fight where we're not sure who – either guy is a good bet to win, they're going to want an option on the next fight. Now, it's a tricky situation with Kovalev because of all of the legal drama and how difficult he's going to be to promote. And perhaps ESPN or top rank does not want to deal with that. So I, and And from what I've seen, there hasn't been any – reporting on the on who who where Kovalev's next fight is likely to be F top rank had has an option at 170 you know for for the next one or two fights or if main events can really go straight up free agency and they're working with Dimitri Bivol right now who is with the zone on the platform that would be something they could go in that direction and and keep more money for themselves I don't we don't know exactly what the status of all those those Factors are.
0: Let's run it down real quick. Kovalev, the WBO champion. Beterbiev, the IBF. Is he is he the zone right now?
1: I'm confused. No. Every all, all the action right now is basic, Besides Bivol, is at ESPN and Top all Rank right, right. because Bet- Beterbiev is now
0: with Top Rank. So he left Al, went to Top yes. Rank. I was confused and on that.
1: He may he was trying to get out of his contract with Yvonne Michel in Mont- Montreal. Uh, but I don't know if that legal situation is totally resolved yet.
0: On the WBA side, the real champion, Dmitry Bival, promoted by main event, seems to be in zone a service he has at the moment. You also have Marcus Brown as the WBA interim champion on the PBC side, coming off the Badu Jack win. And then you have Alexander Grovestick Vodzik, the WBC champ. Now he's going to be fighting in Philly coming up on a title defense opponent, not yet named, I believe, coming up. That's, that's an ESPN fight?
1: ESPN fight, uh, end of March. And don't forget that Zerdo, Gilberto Ramirez, the 168-pound champion that that top rank has promoted since forever, is planning a move up to 175, I think, in his next fight.
0: Wow, you got Badu Jack lingering, business aplenty here, Kovalev, Zerdo, and a big ESPN fight, not bad. Before we go down this undercard on Saturday night, and ESPN Plus brought it, I want to just ask you, look, you're not necessarily as old as I am, You're not washed, you come after me, I'm a man, I'm 40. You're a little washed, but not not full-on washed. You also don't live on the East Coast. But from the old man East Coast perspective, I saw two weird things from ESPN Plus on Friday night, some good and some bad. They had a UFC card before the boxing on Plus that they were promoting heavily on both their ABC NBA broadcast and on ESPN. And without the commercials now on the streaming network, I got a taste of what this could mean for fans in a great way because this UFC main card started at 8 p.m. on ESPN+, Plus, where typically main cards start at 10 p.m. And guess what happened, Rafe? This entire card was over by 10.29. It was amazing. Instead of 1 a.m. like normal, 10.29 Eastern, UFC put to bed, and then you got ESPN and ESPN+, Plus getting you ready for the boxing. Unfortunately, because of the way they layered it and tiered it, We had the boxing undercard with Oscar Valdez as the prime bout on regular ESPN. And then at midnight Eastern, you had the Kovalev and Teofimo fights on the plus. Here's your problem. Great pacing on the UFC card. Old guys like me getting fired up. Then we go to ESPN, and we have, because of early knockouts, an hour plus to fill with Valdez and a lot of Kriegel on the timeline. And then we get to midnight. And they still stretch that bad boy out, and suddenly Kovalev's not ending till 1.30am Eastern. I know you're a West Coast dude. This doesn't affect you. You're probably up drinking Modelo's. You're not, you're not the non-factor. For me, I went from as high as can be with UFC to like, where are we right now? It's
1: tough. I don't, and it's hard to figure out what were mistakes made. Was there any, was there a way to mitigate against it? How many of their, how many fans are switching over from, from MMA to, to boxing in the same night? Are the audience, there should be some crossover you imagine, but I don't know. I didn't, I didn't pay too much attention to the, to the UFC card, but just as though even, even, even though I didn't have to stay up all night, it was not fun to sit there for 45 minutes at a time waiting for Fice to happen, trying to entertain myself with jokes about Carmine Tomasone given his – fiance a tongue kiss in the ring after getting knocked out i mean that that joke was funny for five minutes not for 45 as were all the other jokes of the night so yeah but what i don't know if there's anything any way to fix it any perfect solution and and it's boxing you don't know when fights are going to end and there's it's just one of the problems with 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 the sport i think with the with stream when thing pure streaming cards like the zone, when they do it, it does, it gets on my nerves more when they space out a card. Cause it's like, we're paying for a streaming platform. What's the point? Why do we need 20 minutes of, of shoulder programming and weird hype, sh- hype videos and then Mannix and K Adams? Yes. Mixing it up, uh, doing a stand up for five minutes. Who cares?
0: I don't, like, I just give stopped. me the fights. I'm paying $10 right. a month for this. You nailed it. We're paying extra for these services. These are serve, you know.
3: Uh Showtime, a service I have.
0: We're paying extra for these streaming services like The Zone and ESPN Plus. Without the need for commercials, you'd hope it'd move faster. I was intrigued by UFC moving faster, which seemed a calculated move by ESPN to get to not have UFC and boxing overlap each other. Smart move at the moment. Then that thing really got stretched out. But let's get into that undercard. That co-main event. Teofimo Lopez Jr. the da- The damn takeover. Shout out Evan Korn, the corner man, who hooked us up early on the rise of this takeover. Rafe, Diego Magdaleno goes down. It's a stoppage. This was a legitimate, veteran, gritty opponent who's got some craft. Certainly had a lot of toughness. Remember... Two fights ago, after Teo knocks out rock-hard, mighty Mason Maynard for the knockout of the year, what? Like three weeks ago, it feels like. And he's talking Loma, and I'm going, bro, no, you're like 22. Slow your damn roll. Get in DMs. Do a Ryan Garcia. Go impregnate half of the East Coast. Take your time. Rafe, I was wrong. And I was wrong about how good he is, how potentially great this Fimo Lopez is. The craft. The athleticism, the counter punches from sick angles, the explosiveness, the power, holy crap. He's ready. He's ready for it all. Take my money, take my pants. He's ready for it all, Rafe.
1: I wanna, I would definitely wanna see it. I don't know if I actually believe he's ready because he still hasn't fought a guy and there aren't going to be too many guys as good as he looks maybe, but he, but I don't mean he's going to win isn't it. Gonna be there for him to hit like that. Loma, going to be making him think about a lot of new things that he ain't never thought about probably. Cause you can't imagine them before it's in front of you, levitating and doing all kinds of crazy ass, Pivots and you know Lomachenko is a whole different thing. Well, I'm not and saying I don't he's know gonna anyone's gonna ever be ready for what what he does, but I would still wanna see it. And yes, I agree with how good Lopez looks, how special he looks. I am gonna go I, I hope I don't get yelled at by the hardcores who really know the the, the really know technique and, and stuff like that better than me, but I'm I was reminded I'm starting to get reminded of prime Destroying the lower weight cra- classes, Nonito Donaire with, with Teofimo. The way, cause he's, the, the athleticism, the, 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 the way he, I hate to sound like Dwyer collapses the pocket. He'll jump in close distance and land these, uh, inc- like amazing, devastating, quick shots, these counters, all of the, there's something about, he's not, you know, he's not always working behind the jab. It's not a, a conventional style in that way, but, Holy crap, the power, the explosiveness. It to me it reminds me of of Nonito
0: just blowing through the
1: Victor Darchinians of the world back in the day.
0: Yeah, indeed, indeed. I mean, he's there's comparisons you can make to other, let's say great welterweights who before they outgrew the division were lightweights and destroyed people. You remember Shane Mosley, remember right. Oscar De La Hoya. He's not a direct comparison to either of those, but he's so special in his own way. I mean, if there's anybody out there who listens to this show and loves us, but doesn't watch Teofimo Lopez, doesn't know yet who we're talking about, look this guy up.
3: If you don't know who he is, look him up.
0: Get familiar with his collaborations. Learn where this guy is going. Rafe, this was a true test. Lomachenko is the test man. He's the test maker. But Diego Magdaleno on this level as a veteran, Southpaw, Crafty, all those things we said, certainly had the... Ability and toughness and stubbornness to at least stretch Teo to maybe go the distance and make this a fight where afterwards you're like, is the takeover as real as we thought? And then you just have Teofimo walking him down, hurting him, and you have Diego Magdaleno being way too tough for his own good. Certainly, you can call out the corner with Ismail. Was it Ismail Salat? Is Uh, Salas, the Cuban uh, trainer who works with a lot of different guys. Works with, uh, Lenares, works with a lot of dudes, seen many, I uh, seen many guys, and I just didn't think he was this good this, this early, right? it's different when you're knocking out Rock Hard Mighty than when you're going into this level. So again, I'm not here to tell you he's beaten Lomachenko, I'm here to tell you that those conversations are okay to have now because his, he almost doesn't know better not to be that good, right? He's so young and brash at 22 that There's no fear. He's just going to go in there and try to knock you out. I mean, it's incredible. Certainly, I want to talk to you about the stoppage and the celebration dance in a second. But anything else skills-wise in that ring that you saw that jumped out at you?
1: Uh, the the full toolbox man it it was really impressive especially because we we do get, I got to give some credit to Diego Magdaleno not for fighting an amazing fighter coming in with some he was he had no he had no chance right he was just totally out of his league in at this point in his career in Teofimo's. but he didn't come in there to lay down he he wanted you know there was some bad blood in the lead up to this fight and it obviously continued throughout the fight as you saw them jawing at each other and Magdaleno fought. He 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 showed a lot of toughness and did not want to get put out of there. Uh, although there was nothing he could do to stop it, uh, it was uh, just a hell of a performance, man. Where oh, it- you know, so the thing about limit. So I listened to a a really good interview with um with Teofimo Lopez's manager on Kurt Emhoff's. Boxing podcast, wow, uh, Boxing Esquire. You
0: go deep down. the Kurt Emhoff I go to deep, Listen man, to the and- show. I got a lot of respect for him. But you go deep down the uh boxing food chain.
1: All of it, man. I, hey, hey, are you calling Kurt Emhoff low on no, the no, boxing no, food no, chain? No,
0: no, no, I'm you, wow, saying you wow. go deep. Kurt Emhoff's a solid guy with a lot of experience. He knows exactly what he's talking about. I'm saying you cover all bases because there's, like, some Brett podcasts you're listening to. You you got me going on this business podcast with Evan Rakowski, the Fistionados, which I got to say – Really working out for me. This is a service I now have.
1: Yeah. So anyway, Brian, uh, Lopez's manager, they, they started talking about Lomachenko and the way that Lopez and Lopez's dad are like, yeah, we'll take him on right now. Who cares? We got this. And it all, I, I think that Lopez's manager is, is, uh, uh, sort of with us there on the, okay, like this is actually a fight that now people don't think is ins- as insane as, as it should sound. But he's also thinking, you know what? If it, if it is, why are we going to do this now? Why are, why, why are we going to get paid 500 grand to, to do this fight when we could become stars and get paid big, big bucks. And just because of father time probably have a better chance to win. Uh, so I think who they're hoping they are hoping just from what I listened to, it sounded like that Richard commie who we saw get the nice two round knockout over some dude, uh, they're hoping that Kami, who they've said was going to fight Lomachenko later this year, finds a way out of that opportunity and into a fight with Teofimo instead.
0: That'd be that'd be a really good test to see where he's yeah. at because there's people trying to talk you into the idea that Kami actually is a sleeper, really tough test for Lomachenko, and and certainly that knockout of was it Chan- Chanayev that he beat?
1: Chanyev, Chanyev who That's a that,
0: that would be a good test moving forward. I, I agree that. Business wise, if you're top rank, if you're Uncle Bob here, unless there's pressures from ESPN to produce a pay per view level fight, you got to slow roll this a little bit. Look, yeah, he's in the conversation now, Teofimo, meaning talent wise. But you, again, you don't want to have that Fernando Vargas situation where a guy's growth gets stunted too quickly because he goes up too quickly and suffers high profile defeats. So you got to. But here's the thing: it's main event time for this guy. Because I gotta ask you, I'm not looking for your pound for pound list. I'm not looking for your old school Eric Raskin Grantland relevancy relevancy rankings list. I'm not looking for your Gaddy list. I'm looking for when we play Do You Care and you look on that boxing schedule, there's gotta be a list in your head of the names that jump out the most where you're like, oh, no matter what, I'm, I gotta see that fight. I gotta be there. Is Teofimo in your top five now at this point? I mean, I don't know if number one is Usyk. I don't know how you I'll, rank I'll it. give
1: you my top five. Louis Ritson, number one. All right. Just, how just you. fire, just, just so much, so much fire powder He's in G- that Jordy's Jordy, fist. Son, wow. Jordy amazing. Golubkin. Number two, Kerman Leharaga. Amazing! The Basque brawler, the caveman from Spain, just mammoth power. You're butchering this uh, list. Butchering this. No, I, and then number three, Theo Fimo. No, I, yo, he is must-watch TV man. That like that, like, that was Tyson Fury. A, it's Usyk. A, it's, it's crazy,
0: amazing performance. I like, blah, how he Lopez. Woo! Wow! Wow! All right, let's get into the stoppage. It was the trainer Salas. That really allowed Teofimo to have this spectacular of a knockout by letting his fighter, who was hurt, who should not have been continuing to take that kind of punishment, who really was out of the fight, but Magdalena was just too stubborn as a veteran, still trying to work his way back in. Salas not stopping that fight when it should have between rounds allowed a spectacular knockout, a vicious, violent, brutal, almost face first, kind of a fell down to his side, but you're done. And then you get Teofimo really getting close to that line, if not jumping over, of, I love this guy, he's brash, he's amazing, but did he go too far and not just doing the Fortnite dance, that's fine, whatever, backflip, all that, but then looking like he's lining up a golf swing on that fallen body and really pouring some dirt on the grave, which got, of course, Jesse Magdaleno, the brother of Diego, who's obviously a pro fighter, jumping into the ring trying to get after him. I'm not going to give you the old guy take and get off my lawn here, but it it did cross that line. It did go too far.
1: Um, look, I, I I don't feel great about this whole line of argument only because I was ringside when he slept when when Teofimo slept rock hard, mighty Mason Menard, and that was even though we know that a one punch first round knockout like that is a much less damaging overall thing for a fighter than, than the kind of six and a half round beating that, that Magdaleno took and then was knocked out after uh this past weekend. The Menard knockdown was legit. Knockout was legit scary. I mean, it was, he froze in time and fell like a tree on his face and bounced. And Lopez did the same almost exact celebrate I don't know if he did the 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 whatever the motorcycle hands I don't I don't know his dances he did the flip he did a fortnite dance he he hot dog like crazy while a guy was twitching on the mat 3 feet away now he didn't take the swing over him he didn't stand over him there is a that, that extra level of taunting wasn't there but if everybody loved it when you're dancing over Mason Menard out cold scary out cold then don't turn around in the next fight when he does the same thing plus a little bit and be like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't Jim Well, Braves. he crossed the
0: line, Rafe. He, he went up to a fallen guy and added extra insult to injury. Do the flip on your own time on the other side of the ring. Do the Fortnite dance. Do whatever you want but then he like went out of his way to come back. I'm not saying this makes me anti Tay or not. I know, dude, he's brash, be brash. He's 22. Like I said, slide in as many DMs as you can fit right now, bro, because as Ryan Garcia told us it does go down in there, but it was a little bit, you know, uh, now it's making Here's the here's the why I bring it up because it's not pro wrestling. You don't have to draw the line and say I'm a heel or I'm a face, a baby face, I'm a villain, whatever but he was a baby face this whole time of a guy we need to see and this kind of crossed over into villain ter- territory a little bit
1: yeah i could see people yes that is exactly what is happening people uh, the, the 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 broadcasters made a big deal out of it the the you know fans on twitter didn't respond particularly well look i don't i am old i am my sensibility in terms of sporting celebrations is is old man to the max, man? I, I, I honestly don't like it when dudes hot dog in any sports. And I will say that is the old man term of all old man terms. Quit hot dog in it. Act like you've been there before. I actually believe in that stuff that that just like, yeah, I don't care. Of course I did this. You know, that that cool, cold killer type thing. Yeah, what, jack uh, whatever the style, style. Now, like, I like prefer Wendy. that, but I'm not mad at how the guy expresses himself. If he wants to be a young Fortnite dildo, I don't give a damn. That's wow. his problem. Be a douche. Wow,
0: bro. Wow. I'll never I won't
1: jack his I can't
0: Old guy Rafe, Jack Reese style saying get off my no, lawn. Alright. Exactly! Ta- I don't, you know, he probably, we- I've seen him. He wears leather shoes. I'm out, man. Tayo was on, uh, SiriusXM radios at the fights with, uh, Randy Gordon and gentleman jerry cooney and he said quote in response to all the negative backlash for his dance boxing is a bitch sport and quote wow because we knew boxing was was this
2: boxes looked at like is uh like a, a hood, hood sport like only hood people box
0: now it's a bitch sport he, he may have a point maybe we got to soften and be like it is a fight can we maybe i don't know maybe i just contradicted myself there but that's an interesting take from him he's going to do big business he's going to do big things Rafe. Uh, it's already crossing over even though he fought on the plus on saturday night that highlight made the rounds quick i've had people like i coach my son's uh, fifth grade basketball team and the uh you know the assistant coach i like, go oh, oh yeah you're you know boxing what, what do you know about this tail female i'm like whoa okay oh yeah my brother sent me the video it's great i'm like okay okay it's getting there Rafe already you know what
1: I am a little disappointed in though, Brian? Remember back before Teofimo, we really knew he was this goddamn good. There were we, we, he was stoking up a little bit of a social media rivalries, calling out Ryan Garcia a little bit. That would have been a fun ending. That oh, would have a been disastrous. a fun, oh, like just, that would be a moment. And I don't think, I think now we've seen too much. We aren't, we aren't likely to see that moment anytime soon. Oh. Take his
0: house out away.
3: I think this fight is a miss.
0: Yes, Dwyer. Yes, indeed. All right, we gotta keep going down the show. Oscar Valdez on the damn uh, ESPN gets a little showcase preliminary opportunity before they went to the plus, comes back from the what almost was it a year plus absence coming off of the jaw injury against Quig. Big time Kriegel on the timeline features about how Valdez turning his fighting style around wants to be more of a boxer, wants longevity, all that stuff. Boy, did they put a patsy in front of him. A pastry, an Italian pastry. And your boy and mine, unbeaten Carmine zone Wow, was this guy uh, exactly as advertised in the end, rave. he was hungry, they called him the Big Ragu on Twitter. He made the <laughs> meat to balls before he came out in this fight. Ultimately... Uh, would you say he got sent to hell ultimately or just got stopped? There's a difference. So ultimately he just got stopped. But that didn't stop him from trying to live his best life. That didn't stop him post-stoppage from trying to shoot his load.
1: Yeah, it's t- like like AB said after after he got just outfought and beat bad by Manny Pacquiao, it's time to cash checks and have sex, propose <laughs> to his fiance <laughs> and <laughs> just go for it, man. And, and we saw he slipped Pally? a little tongue
0: in it and a kiss. I mean, Pally, then I took his girl. Wow. Thomas goes for the, uh, goes in for the, the, uh, what do you call that thing? That's the, uh, engagement. The, the, the uh, what's the word for it? The proposal? Proposal. His girlfriend yes. way taller than him. Way taller than him.
1: He's, a, he's a 126 pound fighter. It's there. He's gonna probably meet a lot of, see a lot of, a lot of women. Many women who are taller than him. Good yeah. for him. He's, he, he has a nice, you know, they, they, look, he, she must love him. It's not like this was his shining moment in the ring. Uh, so, so it was, it was a cute
0: moment. It was weird and funny. I'm down with it. I hope that he has a wedding. I hope maybe they consider doing it a little bit more of the Nepali style. <laughs> hey, do you know how Carmine met his wife, by
2: any chance? The first day, I might have had a little too much to drink when I met. Oh
0: yeah, it was a tongue of war kindness, right? <laughs> she tugged, she pumped.
3: He pumps it more than once.
0: All right, all right. This show, just this, this show, right? Let's let's no more Dwyer. I can't do it. Um, all right. Here's the deal, though. Oscar Valdez looks looks fine. Looks fine. Who, can he who, the be, he? who knows? Who the heck knows, right? Can he be the safe boxer he wants to be, Rafe? He can't just just. It's like us trying to be like, well, maybe we'll limit our Dwyer drops to two next week. No, it's impossible, Rafe. He can't just be like, I'm going to box safe the rest of the way. He bangs, Rafe. He bangs. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a good A minus,
1: wonderful TV fighter. I don't think he will he will end his de- his career undefeated he's had too many close calls against guys like Genesis Iravnia and and even Miguel Mariaga so but, but at the, who cares? I don't, I don't care. I think he's going to be a beloved TV fighter. I'm glad that ESPN keeps putting him on linear TV and helping him build this audience because he's always going to be fun to watch. He's going to get into fun fights. And there are other guys at 126, many guys who he could make entertaining fights with. Just keep, keep it up. If he doesn't, he doesn't, he's the kind of guy who I don't think needs to be a pound for pound level fighter to be a star.
0: I'm with you on that. Makes fun fights. Be who you are, bro. If you F, F, right? If you F, then F. If you bang, sometimes, you yeah,
1: know, it feels good to bang him a little bit. Yeah, it's, we're not banging him enough.
0: Uh, Richard Comi, like we mentioned, knocks out Shanaev, um, Shania Twain here. I was thinking
1: of Shania Twain
0: there. Uh, I mean, he, he does feel like a woman here. No, this was a good, this is a good win for him, obviously. If he gets Loma, where does he fit in from the standpoint of Lonares tested Loma to the level of knocking him down? Sniper Pedraza tested him to the level of kind of confusing him to a certain degree over 12 rounds. What can Richard Kami do against Loma if they if they really have that, if they bang?
1: Well, he'd, he'd be a big, physical, active, lightweight who, who, if he can figure out a way to effing get inside on Loma – Maybe it could be interesting. Now, I don't really see it. I think that what we saw, the, the, the so-called trouble, and again, it's in my favorites folder. Go back and look at that Lomachenko-Pedraza fight. That was not exactly trouble. It was more. It was a more difficult fight. He did not win every round. It was like a ten-two, maybe a nine-three performance. That's Wait, pretty. Was
0: that a Dwyer reference with the favorites folder? That was. That you're was damn really right it was. Damn. I was.
1: I will slip it in when you're not looking. Wow. So, wow.
0: wow.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Um, Woo. Okay. But that look, I, the idea that Lomachenko struggled with Pedraza is a little rich to me, and I I still love Lomachenko's quote after the fight when someone suggested, "Do you want to have a rematch with Pedraza?" And he looked at him like he was crazy, and was like, "You ask him if he wants a rematch with me." Uh, like that. He he beat him soundly, and I think that the the, the trouble that we saw there had a lot to do with pedraza's boxing ability his craft his reflexes his ability to be long and have some some dangerous counters that lomachenko had to think about and fight a little more cautiously i don't see that in richard commie he's a i think that's an easier thing even if he's a more athletic looking fighter and i don't mean that just because in the in the racist way but he's you know he's he's strong muscular fast active uh I don't. I think it's an easier puzzle for for Lomachenko to deal with. We saw it against. I know it was year a couple a few years ago. Nicholas Walters, guys who who are strong and, and and you think it might be able to rough him up a little bit. No, they can't keep him in front of They can't keep up with everything he's doing to him. So I don't see it as
0: competitive as a lot of people do, but it's still a good fight. Kami's improved a lot, though. you got to give him credit. From Ghana, so we know he bangs. You know he's tough. We saw him, of course, in that 2016 Fight of the Year contender against Robert Easter Jr. He lost a split decision. That was a PBC, I believe, on Fox fight that was really fun from Reading, Pennsylvania. He lost a split decision in his next bout in Moscow to Denis Shafakov. He's come back with now four straight wins. Uh, I I mean, look, Kami Loma at this point? Yeah, I'm in. I mean, this ain't Kami, this ain't, this ain't Jason Sosa, right? Like this is, this is going to be a fun fight against a long athletic guy who can bang a little bit. Folks,
3: this is the kind of fight that's going to stop traffic.
0: It might be the kind of fight that creates traffic too on ESPN. So let's, I, I hope we get that. If it's Teofimo that slides in the middle of that, that is fine. Hey, in the zone over the weekend is definitely a service that I have.
3: And I'm a the zone subscriber.
0: Uh, Ted Cheeseman, the 154 prospect, the unbeaten from, from Britain, uh, failed in his attempt to win, what was it, Sergio Garcia? Yes, yes, Sergio Garcia, the One his of his golfer, right? Commonwealth uh Domestic title. Yeah, that was a
1: European. That was a European Championship fight.
0: Uh The Cheese Master, the Big Cheese. He he couldn't get over that hill. So was, we kind of said, "Hey, wait till he gets to the world level. He won't be as fun anymore against Set to Hell. He he. Man, all these guys I love from Britain. See, don't fall in love with a fighter, Rafe, because they'll they'll break your heart. I love the Sandman Lewis Ritson. I called that fight, and then he didn't get over the hill. And you know,
3: don't fall in love
0: with fighters who no longer exist. I don't think the big cheese exists anymore on the level that he once did.
1: Oh, bro, that was that was rough. I mean, he there were late rounds, he's just walking forward with his head down, hands down, eating punches. So much hard on that guy, but it was a ugly, ugly beating and yeah, enjoy fighting at the British level, man.
0: Wow, wow. All right, let's get into the latest news. Let's move the pod forward here. Uh, the Wilder Fury rematch, which we expect to happen in the April-May area in either Vegas or Brooklyn they're down to. Uh, the purse bid got pushed back a week, which is a little bit of a surprise. What does it actually mean to us? Not much. It feels like we're still going to see this fight at least, Rafe. And if you look at the calendar and potential fights, this is the crown jewel. I know we're getting Canelo Jacobs, which you got to believe on May 4th. I am fired the hell up for that one without question let me bring in uh, Jacobs for a second. I'd stop Canelo. I yeah, yeah you, you might. But really, Fury Wilder 2, first half of 2019, is our fight, true or false? That's our fight. That's, that's it. That's the one. I guess. That's our biggest I offering guess. in boxing.
1: Now, oh, I'm, yeah, for sure. Now, I thought you meant me, like the biggest fight in my personal no, heart, which is a little bit twisted some... and weird. You don't want to think, you know, I, I got some weird, I'm wired a little differently. But yeah, that's the biggest fight in the first half of the year. So this
0: is not going to fall apart. We're good, right? We're good. Nothing's bad. I know. I, yeah,
1: I think that it getting pushed, the 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 purse bid being pushed back a week suggests that the that both Wilder and Fury's teams went to the WBC and said, "Look, we are going to make this deal. We need another week. Don't 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 go to the push to the purse bid right now." I if I, I'm I that that makes me more confident that this fight is going to go off more or less as planned.
0: Excellent, excellent. We've also still have AJ kinda of going back and forth. Now there's suddenly, uh, top cop operator Mike Coppinger getting involved, him and Eddie Hearn feuding. It seems like regardless of all these weird media feuds, these other journalists taking shots at cop, that in the end we're probably still getting Anthony Joshua, Big Baby Miller, U.S. debut for AJ on the zone. Brooklyn, or is it Brooklyn or MSG? I don't know. It's It, it is what it is. It's fine. I'll, I'll go. Brian, ahead.
1: did did you hear that from your sources though, or did you just hear that from the conventional goddamn boxing wisdom that people
0: have been saying for six months now? Oh God, you're
3: a you're, you're a quality operator, a quality bloke, a quality
0: fighter. Uh, let's move on here. What we have is your boy Isaac Dogbay. Man, does he want that rematch with Emmanuel Navarrete, in which he got beaten down hard and that surprise loss? Uh do you think your man has a chance of uh, is this a smart move to come right back to that? It scares
1: me a lot. I it's a bold move and he must really believe that he undertrained or or was not prepared to to win that fight, but how how confident is Navarrete going to be at that? I mean he really really seemed like he was in control of that fight. Had Dog Bay looked taking a scary beating and if Bay loses this, then what for him? I mean, he's, he's, he's a young, young fighter. Then, I mean, we, we've kind of joked about Prince Nassiming him after that loss. You lose this one, you might, you know, that joke becomes a little more real.
0: Yeah. Look, we got to realize Kovalev just did what's really hard to do. Get knocked out by a guy and come back and beat him soundly. So this would be a, a, a real test of who Isaac Dogbe is. He has a size disadvantage, length disadvantage in this one. It, wow. I I, I he'd, he'd prove a lot to me if he can do that. Uh, big news this week was that as we mentioned off the top, Abner Morris, of course, is out of Showtime Saturday main event against Javante Davis. I, I hate that, Rafe, because that was a sexy matchup I really wanted to see. I'll be there in L.A. for this in your backyard of Carson, California. But it wasn't the elbow injury we find out that Morris originally leaked for the reason that he pulled out, which had uh, negative fans and also even Tank Davis briefly on Instagram, kind of saying he faked it. Now we find out he had surgery on his eye for a detached retina, which makes the second eye on his body in which he's had this surgery. And now suddenly his career moving forward at, what, age 33 is in jeopardy, right? Didn't see this coming.
1: That's sad. It's it's a, it's a really tough break. And it's that's 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 boxing right i mean that's an injury that fighters unfortunately suffer fairly commonly and it's dangerous i mean it was obviously threatened Sugar Ray leonard's career and he came back and fought a few more times in big big moments but you don't want to mess with your eyesight i mean i guess that's that's you know obviously boxers risk it all every time they step in the ring it's a bummer uh you your heart goes out to abner for it and and hope that one he he gets healthy and stays healthy and if he can get real sound medical clearance, not like fighting, you know, not not Tony Margarito's doctors in Tijuana, but real confident, qualified medical advice that he can fight again and wants to continue his career, then... I would, then, then we wish him the best, but more importantly, take care of his health. He's, he's had a lot of big fights. It seems as if he had an opportunity to make a pretty good amount of money so far in his career. So it's not a situation when you're like, oh man, he was young. He was destined for a really great career and didn't get the chance. No, if anything, he was all, he's already well on the on the downslide and it's uh it's almost uh, it, 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 it's kind of amazing he's been able to string it out as long as he get, yeah, he right. has with the level of competition he's faced the hard fights he's been in and he just keeps going up in weight and being competitive so whether this does end his career or, or
0: not, he, he's had a great one. He does, He has a sneaky good. I mean, he's a three-division champion, but not in an Adrian Broner four-division way in in a little bit more uh, realistic way. And he's got one of those sneaky good Hall of Fame resumes where you're off the top of your head you would be like, Nah, no, nah, he's probably borderline. But then you look at it and you're like, wow, like you said, he's done this over multiple divisions and he gets almost, I mean, not better as he moves up in weight, but he stays relevant at an age when most small weight fighters don't. Real good guy, has the broadcasting career obviously to fall back on, has done a lot of work with ESPN, ESPN Deportes, now Fox. Also one of the best hair, one of the best hair providers, maintainers in all of boxing. You know how Fox PBC puts out those little, uh, online videos to kind of break down a person's personality? Did you know he revealed in that? That he goes to the barbershop three times a week to maintain that rave.
1: Not just that, but just the the amount of gel. I want to know the amount of gel or whatever product he uses, how much he goes through in a week, in a month, in a year. Because I remember his, his knockout loss to Johnny Gonzalez. He got knocked out bad. The hair never moved. The,
0: the, the hair was the champion that night. Yeah, yeah. The hair did not get sent to hell. The hair was above ground the whole night on that. Yeah, great guy. And we had him on our podcast, what, at the Triple G Canelo 2 weekend? And I made that crass comment about uh, Russell Morrow and low blows. He didn't like that. But what a nice guy. Big. I hope he turns this around, Rafe. And uh we're robbed of what could have been a really fun fight with Mares and Tank. I know a lot of people thought Tank was just going to blow through him. I'm not saying Gervonta by knockout wasn't the wrong pick. But I am sad Especially because Gervonta needs a guy this big in terms of a name on this resume that we're not getting Davis and Marez. And we also blew a chance here for Dwyer to enter another mispronunciation into the Dwyer lexicon. Not just Grovestick, not just Sergei I, but listen how he butchers both of these names.
3: All right, let's talk about Gervonta Davis versus Abner Maris.
0: Abner Maris, who once hit 60. 60- <laughs> one home runs for the Yankees. Uh, wow, Rafe Gravante, you okay with that? I mean, it's not it's not Sir Guy I, but it's it's not bad either. I don't
1: know. I he, he you. We said it already, Brian. You don't know which way he's gonna go
0: with these pronunciations. Uh, I, I got. I, while we're on Dwyer, I got one more for you. I got one more in the Dwyer pronunciation category. Deal with this clip.
3: One of the best possible fights. That could be made in the entire sport of boxing. Looks like it's about to happen.
0: Oh, who, Dwyer?
3: Carol Relic versus Regis Pobre. Oh. Right? Uh, Pogre.
0: I don't know if he got it right either times there, but that Regis <laughs> Pobre, that's fantastic. And I believe, you again, look... Butchering names is a service I have, so I'm not here to clown on Dwyer, but this is just legendary. This is great, right? Oh, uh, oh, wow. Adeliz wow. Bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's give it that. Hey, Teddy Atlas has a new podcast. Breaking news. He has a podcast. Rafe, The Fight with Teddy Atlas debuted. He's got a co-host and a man named Ken Rideout, who I've never heard of before. Is this something that fires you up? Because I listened to episode one while lifting weights in my basement, and I'm not going to lie, it fired me up. Maybe it's too much Teddy for you. For me, I, I, I'm currently dabbling in this service.
1: I, I, You know, I just I just subscribed right before we jumped on to, to, to begin recording this podcast. I had been resistant. I sort of rolled my eyes like, do I really need this in my life on top of everything else? But then I really yeah, I do. I do.
0: Uh, there were some gems he dropped in episode one. He says Deontay Wilder got exposed by Tyson Fury, and he says that Triple G should consider retiring. No, no, no. That's too harsh. That's too harsh. Right, right.
1: That sounds horrible to me. All
0: right. Final bit of news. Uh we know that Bermain Stavern and Joe Joyce is a thing coming up. I got a press release about Bermain Stavern. The last time we saw this guy, he was bloated and he got sent to hell by Deontay Wilder. Obviously didn't train. Bad things going on here. Here's his quote. That was not me but a shadow of myself, a fraud, a faker, someone else. My mind was not attached to my body. My heart was not in that fight. I was there in name only. Following that bout, I searched my soul and vowed I would either never fight again or dedicate my life as never before to regaining my world heavyweight title. I've gone to the mountains, the desert. I've dieted. I've lived a life of sacrifice and deprivation to mold myself into a fighting machine. I have boxed a thousand rounds, run hundreds of miles, and worked my body into the greatest shape of my career in pursuit of the world heavyweight title, end quote. Rafe, he's guaranteed to come and fight after that, fat after that in his next fight, right? Like, guaranteed. Brian,
1: I would. I want to read that, those exact words back to Bermaine tavern someday And, and just say, do you recall ever (laughs) saying or thinking any of these things? Do you know who wrote them for you? He's not working with Fred Sternberg because that's, that's, that's a Sternberg classic, but whoever's doing it, uh, yo, good. You should, you should send that to Vince McMahon and then maybe Brian will be talking about your, your promo writing skills and on his wrestling podcast.
0: Wow. Wow. Good luck, Bermain. I hope you do get thin and and work it out. I've, I've interviewed Bermain. He's usually angry and, and short. Short.
1: He's a bit sullen. He his, yeah. his his affect is not very uh generous in the in the interview space.
0: Hey, speaking of great interviews, let's go to our guest of the week, Rafe. He's the star of Saturday night Showtime boxing triple header from Carson, California. The home of wars, the home of box. Don't call it Stubheb. Don't call it a comeback. It's been there for years, Rafe. Gervonta Tank Davis, the unbeaten 130 pound champion. Here we go. Enjoy. Tank Davis fired up late replacement here in Hugo Ruiz, but it's a main event opportunity Saturday night on Showtime. Now, for you, 24 years old, building a brand, being called by your promoters <laughs> as boxing's next future star, how important is this fight from that standpoint of being the biggest name on the marquee?
2: Um, It's very important that I, uh come in, you know, looking great, trying to build that families, you know, trying to... Uh... You know, look good, to, uh, impress the fans and things like that. Um, trying to become the next pay-per-view star by 2020.
0: I like that. I like the plan. I like the time frame that, that you're setting up here. How much pressure comes with that, Gervonta? We got Leonard Ellerbe saying you are the next star in the business. Floyd, obviously, your promoter ha- has regularly talked big of what they expect from you. Are you ready to put that on your back? Are you ready to be boxing's biggest star if you get there?
2: Yes, I'm very ready. You know, um, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited for what 2019 holds for me, and um, I'm ready to see it unfold.
0: You're coming off of, uh I guess, inactivity. If we're going to count the rounds, you blew away Jesus Cuellar in three rounds, but that's the only three rounds we've seen you fight in the last 18 months. How hard is that for you, the competitor, to be sitting for so long?
2: Oh, uh, it's very hard. Uh but you know, things happen. We put that behind me. I had three fights lined up um in two thousand nineteen and um I'm looking forward to it. Uh I feel great to be back and I'm ready to put on a great show um February ninth. We
0: know you had uh trouble in your personal life that you that you put behind you. You're growing, you're still incredibly young at twenty four. But what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned about the maturity side of boxing, about being a professional.
2: Uh just staying in the gym, you know, um staying active, no you know, trying to trouble and uh live up to that, that dream that, you know, um that I always want wanted to have.
0: To become a, a you know, a crossover superstar, to become a not only a pay-per-view king but a pound for pound king you've obviously got to be special and different than the opponents you face in your opinion what makes you special and different from the other guys at 1 in 130 pounds right
2: now uh what makes me special and different um uh I don't know. just I I believe I had a whole package I had I had I had the whole package you know I, um I just feel like I'm the best. Not only at 130, 135, 126, whatever. I feel like I'm the, one of the best that fight on um, TV. You know, uh, I just feel like I'm the best.
0: Is that natural? Is that a, a God gift to talent?
2: Uh, what, to feel like you're the best?
0: Yeah, to have that confidence. I mean, Is like that just, do you just wake up with that? Can...
2: No, I, I don't think you go. Yeah, you can, in a sense. You can wake up and think you're the best, but, and also, you gotta, you gotta talk the talk and walk the walk, you know? So, um, you know, I'm just here to fight whoever they put in front of me and, uh, you know, capitalize off of that, uh, that mistakes and, you know, make them pay for it. That's
0: what I'm talking about. You've been blowing through, guys. When you step up, when you, whether it was Pedraza, whether it was Jesus Cuellar, Liam Walsh, we've seen you really get guys out of there. How much are you waiting for that one opponent on the elite level who can push you twelve rounds? Who can let us see, you know, your plan B and C and
2: D? It's up to them. Is is up to uh? Is it's always been? It's not what who I fight. It just you know how I look when I'm when I'm fighting. You know what's uh. The person that's across the ring from, you know, my performance, you know, it really doesn't matter who I fight. Um, I think, I think uh, probably, I don't know who will bring the best out of me and make me behave to go 12 rounds and, you know, show the people that I really have skills. they seen glimpses of it when I fought uh, Pedraza, but that was just glimpses.
0: Do you consider yourself more of a boxer or a puncher?
2: Uh, a boxer puncher. I can, I can box and I can hit.
0: How much, you know, some guys, when they're in the early part of their career, they're in the lower weight classes, they're blowing people away with their power. When they move up to the money divisions though, sometimes it levels off. For you, how much do you think you can carry that power? What, what, what do you think is your end game when it's, when it comes to moving up in weight?
2: Uh, to be honest, Uh, I always spar people bigger, you know, at spawn camp. Beside, uh, beside this camp, because we thought we was fighting Abner so we we spar someone around his size. But I normally spar bigger people, and you know, um, they say I hit hard, you know. So, uh, I don't know. We just gotta wait and see. That's
0: what I'm saying. So. Look, Abner Morris, We all wanted to see that fight. A fun style. He's obviously incredibly experienced. Pulls out with the elbow injury. Turns out it's even more serious with the eye. Uh, how has that roller coaster been like for you to get prepared for so long for one guy and to see it fall apart like that?
2: Um, and and in training camp I had different styles of, uh, of, of sparring, so we actually had a tall guy that um I was sparring, so it's really not that hard to, to just you know, um, when you're coming from, like, good amateur experience and things like that and having so many good fighters in the gym to train with and spar with, you know, that really don't matter, uh, changing opponents, you know, um, I'm ready for whatever, um, Hugo bring Saturday night and hopefully he, he's, he's ready, you know, and uh, so we can get a, um. Uh, crowd and people that tune in on Showtime. Um, an action packed fight.
0: Now, this arena we're going to, the former Stub Hub Center, of course, outdoor venue in California. Now Tank, this is known for war. It's the it's the West Coast capital of action fights, whether it's, you know, the Vasquez Marquez uh uh rivalry from back in the day or any number. I mean, I remember Matisse Molina at that place, uh Provodnikov Tim Bradley. We've seen such uh amazing fights there. Are you ready to go to war if Hugo Ruiz steps on that gas pedal? You ready to add your name to that legacy?
2: Uh we all know that whatever fight I'm in is action pet regardless, so um, Hugo said he 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 hundred percent sure he knocked me out, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, if he don't get knocked out first,
0: did you learn anything from watching? I mean, he just fought a couple weeks ago on that Pacquiao Broner undercard when Ted Hard rounds against Alberto Guevara. What'd you take from watching that that fight?
2: Uh, I actually didn't watch it because I was going on to. Um, I had to do an interview with Showtime, so I was I was. I was there, but I I did not uh, catch it. Same
0: business as usual, though. Get inside that jab, take him out of there. What 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 do you? How do you think this fight's going to play out?
2: Um, it depends on the weather. Uh, if if it's if it's very cold out out, he might be going out the first thirty seconds, <laughs> first round. <laughs> they are
0: expecting rain. Tank, I I hope you know this.
2: Yeah. So. According to the, it, – I'm going off the weather.
0: <laughs> now, where does the nickname so
2: – If it's cold and raining, we're going to have a short night. <laughs>
0: where does the nickname Tank come from? How far back does that go?
2: Um, Actually, one of my old coaches uh, gave me that name. He he actually named every uh, kid in the gym, you know, gave him that nickname. I got it from uh, Coach Matt uh, – once he, uh <laughs> because my I was short and my I, and my head was big, so he he gave me the uh, the name Tank.
0: Hey, it, it works! It works! It, it's obviously a strong <laughs> uh, nickname out there. Uh, what are things like with you and Floyd these days? Because there were so many headlines and interviews last year of trash talk back and forth. We all good now in this mentor fighter relationship?
2: Yeah, me, me and Floyd is good. Um, we actually talked uh, throughout last week. Uh, I haven't really talked to him this week because I'm I'm making weight, but um, man, Floyd, good.
0: You ever get some sparring rounds in with Floyd?
2: Uh, no, we don't never spar. All right,
0: maybe Young Tank would hold his own in there. I don't know.
2: (laughs) We we'll never know.
0: Oh, take great chatting with you, man. Uh, you know, like we said, the opportunity is here for you to to continue to grow that star to to prove that you're of that ilk, not just on a on a pound for pound level, potentially. But obviously, you know, from a commercial standpoint, um, a lot of times when we hear your name, though, people also bring it up Vasily Lomachenko as sort of, you know, the boss at the end of the video game, sort of the Mayweather Pacquiao fight of the lower weight classes. Is that guy still on your radar?
2: It doesn't matter. I, I, I'm. I. I really don't care. Uh, you know, if we fight, we fight. But if we don't, it doesn't matter. Um, I have a lot of opponents that I can fight out there, uh, young. Um, actually, wait until they 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 get their feet wet a little bit more. But um, it's a lot of it's a lot of opportunity out there that that can make me a pitbull star. So, Lomachenko, he does. He, it really doesn't matter. He. He I feel like he was pressing the issue. Well, not him. His his team was pressing the issue because he was getting up in age, you know, the um to try to get the fight while I was super young, but um I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever they put in front of me and we'll see down the
0: road. We got anything crazy planned for Saturday's entrance? Music uh crazy attire. I mean we're gonna see you come out in the Sharif Bolgare cage with the lion over your head. What are we gonna see from Tank this weekend?
2: <laughs> I don't know. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be you know, it's gonna be a top performance. You know, um we have to wait till Saturday night and see. All right, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Uh how much longer
0: do you wanna stay at one thirty? Does it matter to you?
2: Uh it doesn't matter. Um I can go to uh back and forth to one thirty uh I'm at thirty and thirty five uh I hear that some of the twenty people from twenty six are uh, moving up so it's a lot of opportunity for me All i right. can that... go to forty two
0: okay okay there, now we're talking money now we're talking big things here hey is that kid ryan Garcia running your mouth running his mouth with your name anymore or is that over with uh
2: i think he i think he get the picture he, he when he first came out he was he was- uh called me out a lot but he slowed down a little bit, so I, I think he get the picture. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think he's seen the highlight reel. He he don't want none of that, yeah. but uh, Hugo yeah. Ruiz does. Tank, we're gonna find out on Saturday night. It's been a pleasure talking to you, sir. Uh, best of luck before you go. Uh, got any message for the fans? What should we expect Saturday night?
2: Uh, message for the fans. Uh, just keep supporting me. I fight for y'all. See y'all uh, Saturday night. If y'all can't make it, make sure y'all turn in on show uh, Showtime. Um, Thank you.
0: Gervonta, thank you so much, man. Best of luck. You heard from Tank. Now it's time to break down the fights this weekend, Rafe Boogs. And, of course, it always starts with Do You Care Weekend Preview Edition. Rafe, you, you ready? You fired up? You in the slot? This
1: is a – I've, I've peeked at the schedule, Brian. This is going to be a very
0: rough, busy weekend. Wow. Wow. I'm gonna be busy. How busy do you, you know? How busy would you like to be this year? Busy. Alright, it's, it's of course the big one. Saturday night, Carson, California. What's the name of this new place? I, dude, you're, you're the
1: professional. I expected you to look it up. It's like the dignity science health resource pavilion of goodness and a service that i have it's a platform brian all it right, all
0: right. is a platform in carson in it's showtime it's a triple header and of course that main adventure vante versus late replacement hugo ruiz 12 rounds for davis's wba junior lightweight title tough to find a quality opponent on 10 days notice here Rafe. interesting with hugo ruiz guy we've seen remember those pair of brawls against julio Seja back in uh the espn pbc days you saw uh Ruiz get knocked down in the first fight, get his own knockdown, and ended end up getting knocked out. And then in the rematch, he destroyed Sayha via first-round knockout. Problem is, those fights came at 122 pounds. He just recently moved up to 126, though. Thought he was getting a title shot on that Manny Pacquiao-Adrian Broner pay-per-view undercard. Last-minute, Jack Tapora missed weight badly. So Ruiz fought Alberto Guevara, took a clean and clear 10-round division uh, decision from him. Excuse me. Just a couple weeks later, Rafe, here we go. Said he wasn't damaged from that fight. He'll move up to 130. Now, in theory, you almost have a guy moving up two weight classes here. But Ruiz will have a 5-inch height advantage against Gervonta. is sort of a long, lengthy action fighter. How do we prevent this from KO1 Tank Davis? What are your expectations here?
1: Well, we prevent it uh, depending on, on Ruiz's game plan, right? If, if he comes in and, and doesn't use that height, doesn't use his feet a little bit, I know he's not the slickest fighter, but he, he, he boxes pretty well. He's not like, I don't think of Ruiz as, as a caveman or as a guy who's just pure pressure or something like that. If he comes in with a somewhat conservative game plan, which I think would be smart given, you know, just having to come up now, What's two weight classes from the, 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 what we thought was his best previous weight class at 122. Coming up two classes, fighting a guy who is very, dang, very talented, has a lot of power. Feel him out a little bit. Box a little. See what, let's not rush into anything. I think if he does that, he, he, he won't necessarily be KO1. He might be able to, and, and also look, I don't know that I am so, I trust Javante Davis to be in prime condition for this fight or in prime mental condition just because of the weird you know, pull out the rug effect of no longer facing a big name opponent who was going to boost his career is there a letdown Davis is a young fighter he hasn't been through as much he might not be as he might, might not have the the professional maturity yet to 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 just Go through this in the workman-like. Let's knock this guy out. Let's, let's do this guy like GGG did. GGG. Wow. I'm going way back. Triple wow, G. Wow. Like, like Triple G did Bonus and Smart Erosion. Get him out of there and move on with the career. So there, there, you, 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 I, I think that Ruiz does not have to get knocked out in the first
0: round unless he asks for it. That's a good point. He's got the length to box from distance. It could end up being a sneaky good mat, you know, fight and, and, and not a mismatch, not a last second. Let's put tape on the box to hold it up because you consider Tank, who's spectacular, who has the potential, yes, to be everything Leonard Ellerby says he is as the star of the sport, you know, five years from now. He's only 24 now, but he's fought just three rounds in the last 18 months. That's a true fact. Two fights ago, Mayweather McGregor undercard, he was given a giant opportunity in that co-main event bout against unheralded Francisco Fonseca, and what did Tank do? Came in overweight, lost his title on the scales, and then got booed like hell for seven rounds as he tried to go for the knockout, didn't try to box, looked horrible before finally finishing Fonseca. I'll give him credit. Bounced back last April, Jesus Cuellar, Brooklyn, I was there. Blew him away in three rounds. Looks Looked great in that fight. Fantastic in that fight. Looked like who he should be, who we want him to be. But he's coming off a rough year. He was arrested for, a, for assault late last year. We know there was a bit of an inside war between him and promoter Floyd Mayweather over... The reports were that uh Tank ran his mouth a little bit too much. The so Tank wasn't up to the level professionally maturity that he needed to be for Floyd to back him and give him that push. We all remember Floyd out of nowhere one day going, "I think Tate needs to fight Lomachenko next." And it wasn't like uh "I want to try to build toward a Pacquiao Mayweather of the low weight classes." It was it he almost felt like he was trying to like cash him out. It feels like all that stuff has been fixed. But I think the big intrigue in this fight for me is who is Tank Davis, okay? Because we've seen a lot of guys who's, who are the next Mayweather, quote-unquote. But there's two sides to this scale. There's Mayweather, who really had it all, the unbelievable ability, mixed with the unreal dedication and mind and craft. And on the other end of the spectrum of who could be the next Mayweather, you have the Adrian Broner, who got too much too soon, who didn't have the, the commitment, didn't have the the mental genius to, to really break down and live this game and love this game, Larry Holmes, and all that stuff. Where is Tank on that Richter scale? Because he looked a little bit too much like A.B. the last two years. Can he get closer to the Floyd side rate? That's what I want to see because here's the deal on on Tank. I think he's going to do the biggest business of his career at higher weights. But right now at 130, he's blowing dudes away. And the problem with that is you don't really see who he really is underneath that. Because, by the way, Broner was destroying dudes at 135 without really showing you what he has other than he's bigger than these guys and he's a deft counterpuncher. I almost need to see some boxing from Gervonta so that I know when he does try to go up to 35 and one day fight the Lomachenkos, the test men, the quarterback, right? Last time I checked, Teddy, Lomachenko is, is – is what position would he play in the Super Bowl this past week, Rafe?
2: Lomachenko is a quarterback. He's Brady's. He's, he's Montana. Oh, he's stop numb. it. He does it all. He does
0: it all. I need to know that Gervonta can Box on that level and just does not bang because eventually when you're a banger only, your power runs out. Rafe, am I making any sense right now? Because he probably could go out there and destroy Hugo Ruiz as quickly as he wants to. I want to see craft. I want to see maturity. I, I, I
1: smell what you're cooking over there, Brian. I, I think what you're telling me is that you want to see the entire man with Javante oh, Davis. So you know what I mean? Yeah. But let me say, he's been blowing through guys at one, at 130, but a lot of the guys that he's been blowing through, let's remember they're really featherweights. They're not, they're, they're 126 pound guys. Now Abner Maris was also a guy who was even sort of a blown up featherweight. These aren't, he's not exactly knocking out sturdy, 130 pound contenders. Even Jesus Cuellar, tough fighter, was a fe- was a one- was a 126 guy coming up to 130. So wow. Sniper Pedraza, although who who has looked who does look good at at 135. I mean that's that that win obviously aged well thanks to Pedraza's performances against Ray Beltran and 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 Lomachenko. Uh, but so so some of the 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 guy the 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 Knockouts that that Davis has had are not. I don't know if how, how much stock to put in him as this as him as this amazing wrecking ball. And also, we talk about him moving up in weight. What's his ceiling? I mean, he's how tall is he? What is this five 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 four? It's not going to be easy for five, him five to take half. that to take that up to 140 pounds. That's that where where he's facing some really really lanky and much bigger guys. Maybe it works out. Maybe he's that good. I, I think that lightweight might may eventually make the most sense as where he he campaigns uh but but that's all that's all way down the line in the future yeah i do want to see if if ruiz comes in with a game plan to make davis box a little bit doesn't rush in anything fights behind his jab uses the ring then i do want to see how davis deals with that is he gonna is he gonna cut off the ring is he gonna box is he gonna figure out a way to get inside and land the punches he needs to 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 win that fight and how much trouble does he have doing it is it easy for him is he is his skill and his talent athleticism all that make it so he basically just walks him down and, and cuts through him like a you know hot knife through butter great if he does that that'd be impressive but yeah i would like to see him deal with something like that i wanted to ask there's been not not like a heavy criticism but i've seen some some voices i respect on twitter guys like Saturday Night Boxing, Adam Abramowitz, you know, real hardcore guy, knows his stuff. Really, really criticizing the 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 replacement choice of Hugo Ruiz, saying why not go look for a guy like Jason Sosa, who has been at 130 for a long time, is big at the weight, is – he fought recently, I, but I think he got through that without any injuries. Why not look for a guy like Jason Sosa? Why not look for a guy like – even, even elevate one of the, even elevate Javier Fortuna, who had fought, who's fought at 130 in his career, who's on this card fighting Sharif Bogare on the undercard. Well, the Why not Fortuna look for someone down, who makes a little more
0: sense in that way? Fortuna's coming down from 40 back to 35, but I get the spirit of what you're saying. Look, if, if Gervonta is at 130 and all he's fought in his biggest fights were blown up 26s, then it's hard to imagine he's going to fight a 35 moving down or a catchweight fight really come on in a, in a, in a, what is set up to be a showcase opportunity now that, and even with Morris there, in some ways it is a showcase opportunity to try to push forth the narrative that Gervonta is ready for main events from here on out, that Gervonta is ready to be a Fox pushed fighter, because let's look at the type of fighters that Al's pushing on Fox. It's guys more that he trusts. It's Leo, it's Porter, it's Keith, it's the charlos, right? So to enter that category, he would have needed a win like that against Mares and I mean what are you gonna do on ten days notice? Sosa, I guess that's fine. He's coming off of two unanimous decision wins following the losses to Lomachenko and Gamboa, but yeah, if you could have got him, I'm sure they explored those opportunities there. But apparently if you hear Leonard Ellerby, it was it was Floyd who said no, this guy must fight. We need to save the state. I'm glad they did, mostly because these big-name PBC guys are taking way too much time off. I mean, we just said, we saw Gervonta April of 2018. We never saw him again. He has three rounds in 18 months. I'm, just to be honest with you, glad that they got anybody. I'm glad at least they got a hungry guy in Hugo Ruiz who thought he was fighting for a world title in in one division south a couple weeks ago and, and still seems ready for this fight. And at least, and that's something Espinoza said in making the decision, at least this guy is a bigger, longer guy where it makes sense for him to be in there against. It's not perfect. Can you get a perfect matchup on 10 days? It's a little bit sad. Uh, Gervante versus Roger Maris was a service I was ready to have too. I was fired the hell up. But I think like I'm, like we mentioned, there's ways to see where Gervante's at in this fight. And I think that's what's most important because Rafe, again, they're not projecting him as just a 130 pounder. They're projecting him as the future of the sport. They really are. A historic 130 pounder. I mean, Gervante Davis is Sandy Koufax they don't want him to be Dontrell Willis do you know what I'm saying like this is how they're this is how they're gonna have to do it and you know he's using words like Pacquiao on social media so you want that kind of that kind of heat you got to be active stop fighting 26ers blown up I know this was a situation you had to show us what's in there not just blow through these guys show us what's in there show us mentally show us maturity wise I think there's more at stake for Javante here than people are going to realize. He might walk through this guy in two and a half rounds, but there's, I think there's more at stake here. I'd like to see him very busy. Al, keep this guy going. The co event, Rafe, you didn't seem too fired up. Oh, prediction: Gervante's going to knock the guy out, right?
1: Yes, yes, I agree. Gervante is going. I love me some Gervante Tank Davis, and I think he's going to catch up with Ruiz and knock him out, probably early. But I'd like to see it go longer.
0: Last week, you told us you do not care about the co when unbeaten Texan, twenty-four-year-old Mario Barrios, the one hundred and forty prospect who Al Heyman and company seem to like here, is going up against Richard Zamora. Barrios can punch. He's aggressive. Rafe. He's got Virgil Hunter in his corner, which is interesting. Is did that bring you back in a little? Careless. Virgil person? Hunter
1: kind of did bring me back in. It's been too long. I miss him, man. Uh, obviously, Andre Ward is his main fighter. They've worked together their entire lives kind of he's retired so virgil isn't around as much but we get some virgil back in our lives with this fight oh he's training amir khan for the bud crawford fight which i mean look i hate to see joe Goosen lose that spot but i we i got plenty of love for virgil and i'm i'm in on this one again
0: you still waiting for that virgil hunter keith thurman fight the one not in the ring the one outside the ring where virgil at 60 whatever plans on pulling that ponytail right off the back of his head
1: he knows a few things. The man, he's been around. He knows a few Shout things. Shout out to our Grantland podcast
0: where, where we had, uh, her. By the way, I still have people that reference that interview to this day that go, remember that time Virgil Hunter got all gangster on your, uh, on your Grantland podcast? I'm like, hell yeah, I do. Hey, Rafe, the first bow to this triple header. I like this a lot, Rafe. Please tell me why I shouldn't care. Cause I care. 10 rounds lightweights, Javier Fortuna back down from a 140 experiment against Sharif Bogaray, who really hasn't had a fight that matters. What, since he lost to Rishar Abriel? But still just has one defeat. We know he's going to come in inside of a cage wearing the skin of a lion who he claims killed many people in Africa. I'm here for this, Rafe.
1: Is he going to come in in the cage? Does he still – are they going to let him out the cage for this fight? Does he still have the cage? Because he hasn't been doing a whole he's, – he's, he's he's has – fights but against way deep undercards against really bad opponents ever since the Abriel fight I think he might have had to pawn the cage and the well, lion skin by now. You can't
0: use the cage on Showtime Extreme or on the Showtime Facebook page. You only use the cage for Showtime. I mean, let's bring in Tim Lane. But I still got him in the cage. He listens to me very well. I'm going to let him loose. Him. Let him loose, all right? It's time. I
1: look, the the thing I I love about Sharif but my favorite moment ever he's getting carried out in the cage for the Rashar Abriel fight. And all of a sudden I realized that one of the guys he hired to, uh, carry the cage, you know, all greased up, shirt off, jacked, is one of the dudes from the Showtime show, Gigolos. I, I lost my, I lost my <laughs> mind. I was like, I know that dude from Gigolos.
0: <coughs> wow, wow. All right. Hey, sorry for coughing into the mic there, Rafe. Stop that close. All right, Teddy. All right. Uh, Rafe, the, uh, preliminary main event of what is going to be a streamed on so on Showtime's Facebook and YouTube page and social media challenge channels we have a fight we mentioned last week we said where is this fight well we know where it is now Erickson Lubin versus the veteran Isha Smith 10 rounds junior middleweights Lubin looking to bounce back from that knockout loss to one of the Charlo bros Ishe hanging on at 40 still tough still a tough out and guess who's gonna call that fight your boy BC Saturday in LA on the Showtime Facebook and YouTube pages. I'm fired up. That, that YouTube is
1: a service that I have, Brian, and I will be very pumped. to. See, I mean, we know you love Ishe Smith more than almost any other known figure in boxing. Except he is Kean. one of your guys. He has a special place in your heart for reasons I've never totally figured out. But... It's a good fight, and it should – honestly, we we mentioned this last week. There is no reason this should be – I mean, I'm glad you get to call it. That is the silver lining in all this. But this should be the co-main, especially with what happened to the main event. Put this good fight with known fighters into the broadcast.
0: I'm with you. This should be on the broadcast. If they're trying to use this as a way to market and push their streaming on social media, I'm all for it because that is a service I'm involved with. But this is a very interesting crossroads fight. Just, you know, we've seen ECA in this spot. Sometimes he gets robbed on the cards against the younger guy. Sometimes against Frank Galarza, he gets the upper hand. Let's not forget, let's go on record as I went on record back in the day a few years ago. I told you Ishe versus Vanus was going to be hot fire and magic, and it was. Old Ishe makes fun fights, Rafe, and if you've been following on Instagram, He's posting a lot of crazy I don't give an F memes that lets me know he's going to test Erickson Lubin. He's going to get up inside of that thing, Rafe. If you if you remember what Bernard Hopkins once said in the past, he's going to really find out who this guy is. And that's really what a veteran that hangs on, that's what his role is.
3: I was in your ass and you was ready to quit and you was blowing and puffing and went to your corner like a rag doll, done, defeated and knew that you lost that fight. That's
2: gangster
0: out here hey we'll see if Ishae could do it the only person that likes Isha more by the way is Karen Mulvaney the great boxing writer on the Showtime podcast love that man who uh do you know Karen only got in you know he's he's in the whale scene he's in he's in uh he's very environmental he only got into boxing because he once tried to write a book about boxing in Vegas and Ishay was one of the main subjects as a uh Las Vegasian did not
1: I didn't know that. Really? That doesn't make sense. It is he she public. that old? Hasn't, hasn't, hasn't Mulvaney been
0: covering fights since like,
1: Toto Torres?
0: I mean, he hasn't been around for 30 years? I think he's been covering fights since around like 01, 02, and then he was at every fight that has mattered in Las Vegas since that point, basically.
1: Not, not, not a bad life between that and the whales.
0: Hey, I say it, well, you know, we love to go to fights, hang out with our brethren, guys like Rasky, like Mulv. Mulv is the best guy to grab a cold one and just pick a great fight from the last fifteen years and go. Tell me the story. Tell me what it was like. You know what did it look like? What did it smell like? What did it feel like? Did you get pen's digits? I, you know, all those things, Rafe. All those things. All right, hey Rafe, we got to roll on out of that. Uh, looking for you? Don't do you care about Eddie Ramirez versus Juan Hereldez Junior. Welterweights ten rounds? I'll also be calling that fight. Uh, I, I, yeah, I cannot wait. All right. Hey, Saturday in the zone, Rafe, right down the street from Carson in Indio, California, your backyard. Have you chosen a couple hours away, but sure. Have you chosen which event you will, you will, uh, attend. I
1: well, I'm I'm gonna regret it, but I am go I'm looking forward to attending the the Showtime event. I wanted to see Davis Morris. Uh, I'm credentialed. I'm gonna be there. I, I hear there's rain on the forecast. It's gonna be miserable.
0: All right, that's great. Well, in Indio, Rafe, in the zone, you can see main event: Alberto Machado defending his WBA regular junior lightweight title. That's 130. Same division as Tank against Andrew Cancio. 12 rounds. Do you care?
1: oh man not really i know i should i don't care man It's too much it is this is this is a too much boxing weekend there's been there's already a lot of boxing there's a lot of fights that we're gonna keep an eye on but oh man how are you supposed to watch three fairly significant cards that are all equally blah in one weekend
3: i thought the zone was gonna hit us between the eyes with some great fights Who's Canelo gonna fight? Tom, Dick, or Harry? Alright,
0: alright, alright, Dwyer. Oh, uh, by the way, like I mentioned, you got me going on that Fistionados podcast right now. That's deep in the woods of, of, uh, inside baseball boxing business. And, uh, very interesting takes there. I'm, I'm in on that. And there's some, I guess, reason to be, hate to zone. You gonna hit us between the eyes with something big again? Because I, I'm, I'm here for Jacobs Canelo, but, I need more. I need more. All right. Here we go. Co-main event to zone on Saturday night, Ray Vargas versus Franklin Manzanilla, 12 rounds for Vargas's WBC junior featherweight title. Do you care?
1: No, no, Brian. Ray Vargas is good. I don't, I can't even recall if I've seen Manzanilla fight. I probably have, but it's like, it's, it
0: feels forgettable. There's no, there's no panache. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great call right there. Oh, God. All right. Uh, do you care on that same card? Joseph Diaz. I believe that's Jojo Diaz Jr., right? Versus that's Carlos right. Huerta, 10 rounds junior lightweight. Same, 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 man. I, these aren't,
1: these, these matchups aren't lighting the fire under me. All right. Me, I care about the A sides in each of these fights, but I don't care about the fights that much.
0: All right, all right. Let me go a little bit deeper down the card. Toriano Johnson versus TBA, 10 rounds middleweights, Ian.
1: Man, look, Toriano Johnson, decent fighter, whatever. All of this stuff, I don't understand why especially in New York, some of the some of the guys who who talk to Lou DeBella every weekend like they just love Toriano Johnson so much. Oh man, what a hard luck fighter. He should have had. He would have been a champ. No, he wouldn't, man. That guy
0: has never looked wow. good. Get, get, a, get this junk wow. out. Of here.
1: No panache,
0: no flair, no show. Waste of money. Wow. Okay, he really had that one fight. It was that uh main events NBC Sports NBC Sports card against. uh Curtis That's Stevens, Stephens. I love that fight. Hey, do that. Bad rematch. stoppage, but uh, I'm a I'm a Showtime guy, so I
1: can't. I you know Curtis Showtime Stevens guy, so I, I I I liked it even though it was a
0: bad stoppage. All right, Saturday, Norwalk, Virginia, not televised, but this fight matters. I got to get your your care level. Thomas Cornflake Lamana, yes, ten rounds, junior middleweights against Dennis Knife Chief. Dennis <laughs> Knife Chief. I saw this unboxing
1: scene a few times you gotta care i mean you've got the guy with the greatest nickname cornflake lamana against an opponent with the greatest name knife chief
0: wow all right let's move on to sunday fresno california espn wraith not the damn plus not the deuce not the you espn fresno sunday night jose ramirez fresno's own Defense his WBO 140 title against Jose Zapata. You in? Ramirez gave us that war against Antonio Orozco late last year. So
1: yeah, that's, that's what I was going to mention. I have been burned crapping on Jose Ramirez fights that didn't, that I said I didn't care about before. He has made me a believer. He is a TV fighter worth watching and whether or not it, I know my, a whole a whole lot about Zapeda, like I still want to see it. I, I and I've also seen people saying that this is going to be a fun matchup. So, yo, it, it's going to be a good atmosphere because it's, they love Ramirez in Fresno. He's from a an hour or so away in Avanal, and the Central Valley comes out supports him big. It's it's gonna. I think I, that one I do care because I have been ra- taught not to sleep
0: on Jose Ramirez. I'm I'm looking forward to this fight.
1: We going to this fight? I'm going to be in Cali this week. Uh, you could talk me into it. I could, I could do a quick, a quick run up to 99 to Fresno.
0: Hey, corner man, you can, can you have a, a, a seat waiting for us? Maybe a, a hot dog? Maybe a, a, anything? Oh, come on, come on, corner man. Want to hang out? Want to brawl with, with, uh, with EK? Who's EK? Oh, Evan Corn, the corner man. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. Hey, co-main event, Raimondo, Raimundo, Raimundo Beltron versus Hiroki Okada, 10 rounds junior welterweights. They'll bang at least, right? Probably I hope so all right uh, your boy Henesis Cervania versus Carlos Castro 10 rounds junior featherweights that's now you're talking power. now you
1: now you're speaking my language baby go Cervania.
0: huh all right I don't know if there's anything else on this card worth watching I don't really speak that language all right hey that's our show for the week week Rafe um, shout out to Jervante Davis enjoy the box action this weekend hey. Rafe and I gonna do a little high five this weekend. We'll reunite the band back together. So uh, maybe we'll post some uh, some selfies on Instagram or something.
1: A high five, maybe a space docking. You know, anything. It's it's, anything could happen, baby. It's crazy. Maybe we go
0: on another tour of like the Back to the Future filming locations or something. Do you you speak
1: that? You, you tell me where you need to go. I will, I will direct you. I will bring you to the Dunder Mifflin
0: office out here. No, they got it all. Not, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not down with that. Uh, listen to our friends, Kieran Mulvaney and Eric Raskin on the Fine Showtime boxing podcast. Uh, any other podcasts you want to shout out, Rafe? I know you listen to everybody's.
1: That's, I, I listen to so many. I, I feel like I can't quite go out on a lib i i I give a lot of love to those leave it in the ring podcasts that evan ritkowski hosts as and and kurt emhoffs is also on that network so they are they are doing some very good work that's a service that i have right now
0: i think that's magic thank you thank you shout out to richard dwyer as well shout out to the listeners follow us on our social medias at rafe bugs at b campbell cbs at state of combat big guests coming in the future That's what we do, we deliver on this show. Thank you Rafe, two words
2: for the people. We out.